Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the UW Film Club podcast, where each week we invite a member of the club onto the show to talk about a movie of their choosing. Whether that movie be good, bad, topically relevant, or anything in between, it's all on the table. We've got a great episode for you today, Huskies. I'm your host, Jim Saunders, and joining the podcast today are a loaded bunch of people. Hell yeah. Cynthia Lee, <laughs> Stephanie Chuang, Joel Garcia. Oh, did I fuck up your last name? Shit. Yeah. <laughs> not the first time and it won't be the last it's okay. oh, no. I was Cynthia Lie for a while on this mm-hmm. podcast so <laughs> yeah. I'm oh. so sorry Joel Garcia yeah. <laughs> Manny McDougal and Ryan Cercelli I'm sorry Stephanie again how it's are okay. you guys? I'm good. I'm good. Good. Great. Excited to be here. Yeah, very yeah. packed. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a packed podcast. For our special podcast. Yes, yeah. it is a special podcast today because we are going to talk about our favorite films of 2019. Because, of course, we are, these are, yeah, we know everything about film and yes. <laughs> your top ten is not on any of our lists. Shame on Shame. you. Shame. <laughs> yes, this is the objective truth. Yeah. We definitely know everything about Oh, and we are the curators of taste. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Since we don't have a lot of time to kill, uh, I just wanted to say that 2019 was an awesome year of film, probably the, one of the best oh. ones I've lived through. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, I'm sure you guys agree with that. I mean, obviously, obviously we're biased because yeah. we haven't really been on this planet that long. <laughs> it was a great year. You know, I just year. thought Social Network when I was nine was just so <laughs> mind-blowing, and I really yeah. understood the consequences and the effect of that film at that time. So, yeah, definitely. See, yeah. I, <laughs> I want to believe that film is a masterpiece, but I actually have not seen it since I was ten. What? Wait, you so saw the what? social network? I saw at it. 10? I saw it. I saw it when it first came to like it came on HBO or whatever after it got released out of mm. theaters. Oh, so yes, mm. it's very good. <laughs> yeah, it's very I good. remember it being like pretty interesting, but I don't know. I don't really remember a lot that happens, mm-hmm. and everyone's like, "Oh my god, it's a masterpiece! It's one of David Fincher's best." It's scary to watch it. <laughs> and I'm like, it's more of a horror film now. True. Yeah, no, I it's it's been on my watch list to go back and and see because. It's a, been ten years, which we is watched wild. It at club, mm-hmm. it was our on there. It was Jamie's favorite yeah. film, so we watched it. Mm-hmm. It was really, yeah, yeah. It's but twenty nineteen, great, yeah. great year film for me at least. Oh, very diverse sure. and very so. lots of female directors. Definitely. Oh yeah. yeah, a lot of very diverse. Yeah, yeah lots sure. of female directors that never. Them yeah, the yeah. Academy totally recognized them all. Academy yeah. being female like, directors being paid dust. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but luckily, uh, they make lots of appearances on her top tens. So. True. Yeah. yeah. How do you guys rank twenty nineteen? I mean, obviously, we weren't alive during the whole decade. But would you say twenty nineteen is one of your favorite years I'm, in film? Uh, in the decade? Well, you said that we weren't alive this whole decade. <laughs> yeah, that so. is true. Oh, are, you, are, you, are you asking, like, <laughs> like in the grander, in, in the grander not, scope of, like, film history, is it one yes. of my favorites? In terms of your, uh, well, your personally, scope I mean, of film knowledge. Oh it's a pretty God, good guys. one. Like, yeah. yeah. I mean, you weren't alive in 2010. <laughs> what are you talking about? What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> the social network. Yeah, I know. Than you. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's one of my favorites. I think yeah. it's one yeah, of my favorites. Yeah, I don't favorites. know if there's a year that would, had, like, a ton of things. I mean, I liked it. 2017 and 2016. 2017, yeah, 2017. 2017, I remember that being a good year. Yeah. yeah. I, I would say this is the first year that 
I, I took advantage of a lot of the screenings that filmed yeah, Bob's yeah, Burgers. Last year, I, I only went to, like, maybe three total, but I've mm-hmm. been to yeah. several already this year, and that's really well, boosted my, like, mm-hmm. Especially at the end of, like, the end of 2019, like, this, you know, in the past, that we just had screening after screening. Yeah. Like, it was just, stuff was coming yeah. out every single week. <laughs> yeah. Lots of begging. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, hey do you have this screening, this screening, this screening, this screening? <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Um, this was the first year I actually have seen all the nominations of Best Picture before the nominations came out. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. So that was very good yeah. in my yeah. That was fresh yeah. and new. That was fresh. <laughs> yeah, that was fresh. Yeah. I think that was actually that way for 2018, but not for this year. This year, I when the nominations were announced, I didn't get around to seeing 1917 and Ford v. Ferrari. Yeah. 1917 is very, very, very good. It just barely cracks my, t- barely fails to crack mm-hmm. my top ten. Yeah, and then Ford v Ferrari is just second dad movie of the year because I think 1917 is dad movie of the year. <laughs> oh, it is. Very um, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, for sure. Also, the year where I saw the most 2019 releases, I think Sif definitely helped in helping me manage my time because <laughs> in the summer I had I saw much less films because I saw a lot of them in SIF mm-hmm. and that was really nice yeah yeah that was cool to see stuff like The Art of self oh let's throw that on the honorable mentions oh <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was cool to see stuff like The Art of Self-Defense before it got to like a wide release yeah, yeah. yeah for like, sure yeah. very um, excited for SIF well, this year yeah yeah, yeah I'm hoping there's that'll be fun with a lot of writers there's yeah. this new movie that I just saw like trending on Twitter called Zola. Oh yeah. And I'm very yes. excited now to see this. It's based on a hundred thirty-four tweet thread. Uh-huh. Oh I read gosh. the whole tweet it thread yesterday. Insane. It looks yeah. insane. I did I cannot wait. I'm it's an so A24, excited. Isn't it? It's A24, yeah. yeah. Oh, it just okay. came out on Sundance and everyone's like, holy yeah. shit. And oh, I was like, God. wait, it's based off a Twitter like thread. <laughs> yeah. I know, I was like, wait, uh, yeah, I read the whole thing last night and I was like, wow, uh-huh. this is going to be an intense yeah. film. It feels like on the level, or not, I don't, I can't say, but the story seems like Uncut Gems-like mm-hmm. or like very just that's what Hustlers we like to hear. Like. Yes. <laughs> yes. That is what we like to hear. Promising. Those two? Oh my gosh. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm ready. I, I looked it I looked it up and I was like, okay, yeah, I've seen about this. <laughs> I didn't realize it was based on So a- if it's coming out in let's go. Yes, I'm yes. excited. Um I think with that with all that being said, I think we should get into our honorable mentions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So these are films that are occupy none of our lists, but are yes. some of our honorable mentions. Mm-hmm. So yeah. who would like to go first? Oh, I guess I'll well, go you, first. You since yeah, my yeah, first one on the art. Transit, our, yeah. Yes, Transit. Transit is a film based on the 1944 novel of the same name by Anna Segher. I've never read this book, nor have heard of it, but from what I know about it, um, one important distinction between the book and the film is that the book kind of has this set time, which is after German occupation in France. And what this film does is kind of it doesn't really tell you what the time period is, but it blends like 20th century stuff with 21st century stuff. So you have people in 20th century clothing talking in somewhat 20th century dialect, I guess, and like communicating without any modern day technology. So there's no phones, but then you have like these 21st century cars around driving around like 
um, trying to capture people who are anti-fascist. Um, and I just think this film has the time warp. I don't even know, like, time warping. It's very strange, but I found it very, like, beguiling and entrancing. And it felt like a dream that could happen, but also already happened. And I think that's really important because this film also centers around kind of refugee crisis and really commenting on the fact that this stuff happened in the past, but it's still ever present today. And it's just, it was so strange watching this movie. And then it becomes into, and then like at the center of it is like this missing identity triangle plot that's also just very intriguing as well in terms of like who do you need to become to get away from fascism who do you have to pretend to be but also if you keep pretending you can't grasp onto anything real so there's this desperation that everyone has to at least grasp onto something real and it feels like it's a very relevant film about like refugee crisis but at the same time it also kind of translate into a story about like universal loneliness and just trying to grasp onto anything that you can and I thought it was so beautiful and I really wish this film was on my top 10 but I just could not get it on there and also 2019 was like a bunch of films filled with like great ending shots this one like made my jaw drop just because it was like so sad that how desperate someone can become to just cling on to a connection and so yeah, also it has German Joaquin Phoenix, so um, can't go wrong. Uh, oh, it was directed by Christian Petzl, if anyone was curious about that. Uh, he directed this film called Phoenix that I am trying to see <laughs> now because of this film. But yeah, I loved this film so much. <laughs> has anyone here seen I, it? No, I'm so. good. Oh, okay. yeah, right. Everyone I, else is so, quiet. <laughs> oh, so I saw this. While I was waiting for my plane <laughs> at an airport, which I feel like will just someone's gonna obliterate me for saying that, but whatever. I had like my iPad, and I think it was so powerful that like I like just drowned everything that was going around on the airport just got completely got drowned out. I remember just like watching it ending, and I was like, oh yeah, I'm at the airport. <laughs> so yeah, transit highly recommend. Transit, transit, because you're getting on a plane. So I think the next one that we have yeah. on our list is I think we've all seen this one. Yeah. Endgame. Yeah. Um unfortunately our Marvel expert is yes. not here with us. That's yes. probably be his first one. Yeah. 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 Social media and communications lead Isaac Flores is not here. Uh, <laughs> can we get an F in the chat? <laughs> Um, but if you're clamoring for more Isaac Flores content, uh, you could check out our podcast <laughs> on the Dark Crystal. Get the plug in. Yeah. yeah. Yes. But Avengers, Soft yeah. Plug. Uh, I mean, is anyone here like a huge Marvel fan? I, I used uh, to. Yeah. Okay. I used to. I so, think I am. Oh, you yeah. are? Yeah. So how did this rank in terms of <clears throat> the whole Marvel cinematic oh, in universe ter- for you? I mean, it. I definitely don't think it's one of the best or one of my favorites, mm-hmm. but it holds a special place in my heart because it's something that I've been really into since I was like 10. Yeah. So it just felt very surreal having it all come to an end. 
So it was it was good. Yeah. Uh, there, I mean, of course, there's some things that you say. Well, maybe mm. I wouldn't have done that. The, you know, um, feminist march <laughs> yeah. that they decided oh, to insert yeah. in. Yeah. Or the fact that one of the Russo brothers was like, "We're inclusive because there's one gay guy." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And also just like. Can I get like into specifics? Yeah, sure. Spoilers. I don't want to. I like if feel free to disagree with me, but Uh I think that Taika set up a really excellent character arc for Thor in Ragnarok, and then the Russo brothers were just like, yeah, they were just like, oh, he gets fat and sad. Mm, That's fair. Yeah, so I mean, but that's like, yeah, that's it's kind of his thing is to just like, and he's in this constant circle of. He feels bad about himself, and then he's like, oh, and then he remembers that he's worthy, and then he's fine, and then something, like, <laughs> kicks him in his teeth so and gets, like, knocked out. My letterbox review for this movie was, this movie is worthy! <laughs> <laughs> I think, I mean, I'm not a big Marvel Cinematic I Universe. see them because it's, like, everybody yeah. sees yeah. them, and you have to, but like, I was context. pretty impressed with it I, in terms of just being a good culmination. It definitely yeah, exactly. felt like yeah, definitely. my biggest problem with um, these movies is none of them have stakes whatsoever. Like, in one movie, they'll be... No, no one, like, fucking dies. No one fucking <laughs> dies in these movies. And yeah. spoiler alert for anyone who has not seen the two people <laughs> are yeah. now gone, and it's honestly, like, great. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Yeah. And I I thought the the whole death stuff in Infinity War was such a fake out because mm-hmm. you knew that yeah. they were coming back. Yeah. yeah. Like the snap as as much as it subverted so many people's expectations, I really? thought it was so lazy. Like really? I thought it was like, I thought it was I th- it was I still in, like jarring to see. I mean, yeah. when you first yeah. see it, it's like I don't know. It's. I mean, it. I, it's not a substantial enough like twist or I guess subversion to like hold up on multiple viewings, especially with Endgame in context. In mm-hmm. my opinion, yeah. Like this is the first movie that it's like it's such a magnificent sight to behold, but it's also so consequential and so uh, satisfyingly like conclusive. Yeah, let's be real. Robert Downey it. Jr. is gonna turn into like a hologram and come back, and then I'm gonna yeah. start hating Marvel again. <laughs> <laughs> I think. I think it's like impressive more than anything. Yeah. That you can take. And it's probably, all the credit probably goes to Kevin Feige for mm-hmm. just, like, mm-hmm. for the past 10 years, been maintaining, a maintaining vision. this vision and this, like, almost, I mean, with the exception of, like, Thor Ragnarok, where it kind of did his thing, but to keep, like, a constant, like, tone mm-hmm. and just, and yeah. then to have it all culminate in something, like, cohesive and the way that like Endgame is it's mm-hmm. just impressive I totally agree mm-hmm. it's like it's not you know it wasn't one of like Art, I don't think yeah. it's a you know best of 2019 yeah, but it's sure. just so impressive that it deserves recognition yeah. Especially for what it is with all the discourse on Star Wars right yeah. now that's going on everyone's like <laughs> well they didn't have a coherent vision and so yeah. that's why they yeah. I mean it's just in comparison you have this yeah yeah you have right. people trying to and I mean, yeah, yeah. yeah. If, you don't, if you don't have this overarching plan that you like follow, it's stuff's gonna get jumbled up when mm-hmm. you have different people with different visions of what things should be, and mm-hmm. then right. try and mash it all together. Yeah. It's just kind of miraculous that it exists. Yes, yes. Yeah. it is very miraculous that it exists. Yeah. So yeah, I think we all can agree that we pretty much mm-hmm. liked it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I find it very impressive. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, the next one we have on our list is Toy Story 4. Ooh, Disney is monopolizing yeah. our, our <laughs> production. I mean, speaking of franchises with lasting, like, legacies, I guess, like, it is a follow-up to Marvel, I think. Like, Toy Story 4, they announced it, and everybody's like, oh my god, this is gonna be so bad, and then I saw it, and it was actually good. Yeah, I think a lot of people's expectations were very low, I guess, for this film, because I think, I don't know... But you guys will agree, but Toy Story three ended pretty well. Yeah, yeah. 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 But so. Pixar doesn't doesn't make bad movies. Yeah. So yeah, I except mean, for the good dinosaur and car series. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The first Cars was yeah. great. Yeah, yeah. 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 Cars is okay. Cars yeah. two, Cars three. Mm. But Toy Story four. I mean, like what a like it was emotional. It was funny. It was family friendly. Like yeah. check all the boxes. Has like mature adult mm-hmm. themes yeah. as well, which is something that Pixar just does yeah. so like, well. Yeah. Identity crisis kind of yeah. thing. Yeah, like, well, this is this is something was, that Cynthia and I talked about on on our podcast I episode totally about Toy Story Four. We did a podcast. Yeah. It was one of the first yeah. ones we yeah, did yeah, together yeah. Uh, over the summer, and I think. From the get-go, a lot of people are like, why does the movie exist? What is the what is the point of it? It's already been wrapped up and concluded really well in 3. And I feel like 4, it works really well as like a parallel between the movie itself and like what Woody's going through. Like, what is my mm-hmm. point? What is my purpose anymore? Like, again, what you said with Identity Crisis and then uh, everything with Forky and, mm-hmm. and him reaching like self-actualization. Mm-hmm. Um, and like Woody passing on everything that he's gone through onto... Onto, onto Forky and that was just such a really heartfelt really unique journey and mm-hmm. direction for them to go in I mean like tw- the first three Toy Stories are all under the frame of Andy kind mm-hmm. of growing up and this one really like makes sure like this is Woody's story this has right. always been Woody's story and yeah the, I, it's just it was it's beautiful no yeah. Point. yeah yeah alright next one <laughs> next yeah. one is one I haven't seen. Hurry up to these horrible uh, mentions. Oh, <laughs> yeah, so yeah. we're, we're taking a long ass yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. A beautiful day in, in the neighborhood. Uh, we the saw Mr. that Rogers at film. a screening. Yeah. yeah, I didn't. It was I like saw this whatever else I was seen it. interesting, night, fun yeah. screening. <laughs> I mean, for me, it was like <laughs> oh, yeah, like. I didn't care so much about the main character, but I thought Tom Hanks was brilliant. Oh, Tom like, Hanks was fantastic. I really liked, in this, this movie is not framing it, it wasn't framing it as a Mr. Rogers biopic. Mm-hmm. It was kind of more in, uh, more focused on his impact, and that's why, I mean, say what you will about the main character, I his story kind of gets a little annoying at the end, but yeah. it is that's very interesting to kind of just see the impact and, like, also, there. Also, Tom Hanks plays Mr. Rogers with so much warmth. Yet, also this ambiguity of like, is this guy fucking real? Are you <laughs> joking? Genuine, like, but then you also kind of see the cracks in between. There's this one moment. Do you guys care if I? There's a moment where he, uh, Matt Reese's character. I'm, blanking on his name and I was supposed to write these things down and I just can't remember the wonderful journalist yes. yeah the journalist <laughs> is having a conversation with Mr. Rogers and um, Matt Reese's character asks him like oh like how do you feel about this like are, don't you get angry and then like Tom Hanks just doesn't answer the question and it just reflect deflects back to Matt Reese's character and I felt like moments like those really like kind of helped understand who this man was. It increases the depth. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, this is a really warm, nice man. But he's not all perfect. Yeah. And then there's an amazing sequence in the middle of the film that I don't want to say much about it, but if you've seen it, 
where everything kind of just stops. It's beautiful. It's like, yeah. It's really good yeah. moment. And Mario Heller's, like, stamp is all over this fucking film, and it's great. I really loved... Uh, can you ever forget me? I also me? did as well. I, I didn't get around to seeing it until after we recorded that podcast, mm-hmm. the 2018 one, and after I wrote my list, but uh, they definitely would have made it on there. I think it's... It, they definitely have the similar vibe of their... They both feel very homely. Has anyone else seen Can You Ever Forgive Me? Mm-hmm. <sighs> no. Is that the one with Melissa McCarthy yeah. and Richard E. Grant? Yeah. Um, she's able to build this New York that seems very homely and built in, and I feel like A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood also has that feeling as well. Also, she like does some really cool things with like animatronics and... Um, there's this weird nightmare sequence that I was like, oh, oh yeah. yeah, this is cool. I like this. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. She definitely seems like a really strong actor-director, too. Yes, yeah, because she was an actor herself. Yeah. Yeah, so helpful in that. For sure, for sure. Um, I'll have to check. I've been meaning to check it out. I think it's playing at the Varsity right now. The Varsity's playing a lot of Oscar films recently. Oscar-nominated, so yeah. Uh, we're gonna, <laughs> we're, we're taking a yeah, while. Yeah, 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 yeah. Us is Us. the next on our list. <laughs> that, was, that was mine. <laughs> yes. Uh, um, yeah. I know it's polarizing, but the first time I saw it, I kind of was in the same boat. I was like, oh, it just feels a little wandering, and there's some plot holes that I just couldn't get over. Mm-hmm. But then I saw it again, and sometimes this happens. Like yeah. The further out I get from it, the more I'm able to see past those things. Mm-hmm. And I just love Jordan Peele, as I know, mm-hmm. you know a lot of people do. But I just really, I just really enjoyed it. Yeah, I guess there's not much more to say about that. Yeah. 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 I mean, I still, I think Get Out is better, but us is still yeah. a really, in, there's a, like interesting themes going on about consumerism yeah. Yeah. and capitalism yeah. going on and social it's class. It's interesting and it's ambitious. Very, it's just not as like, I feel like coherent. coherent. coherent yeah, it has Get very was. similar themes to but, um, a film we're going to talk about later, Parasite. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. but I just feel like us kind of wandered. Yeah. 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 But that scene of Good Vibrations was fucking crazy. Oh, yeah. That, oh, that yeah. scene yeah. sticks in my head. It's yeah. one of the best. That's a fantastic scene. I changed scene. that I song really for me, like, like, forever now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh. Wait, what scene is this? Uh, where they go oh. into, the, like, their The white people's house. Yeah. Okay, yeah. 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 That's, I mean, that's the only scene with, like, a pertinent song. Yeah. yeah, yeah, so yeah I wasn't sure, though. Ash is purest white. Oh, yeah. So... I guess, am I the only one it's who's seen it? probably you. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so this is Jia Jong-ke's latest film. I really like Jia Jong-ke's stuff. Um, there's always these common themes about Chinese, uh, globalization in China that I found just really fascinating. And this is kind of like a culmination of all, like, I know a lot of people are like, oh, this is like his best hits in terms of like what he's talking about, how he executes. But I think it works really well in this film. There's, it goes... Another film does this as kind of well, but Ash, Ashes Pierce White changes its format and ratio aspect and what cameras are being used. Um, it also takes some old footage that Jia Jiangke filmed for a different film. I believe it was for Still Life. I'm not 100% sure. I would have to read onto it. But it's this just beautiful and lonely yet cold yet desperate. It's again kind of similar feeling in transit where it's like people just trying to cling on to whatever is left because the world is just going by too quickly for them to keep up and yeah i just really liked it a lot is this the film with like the 50 minute one take no that's um uh 
Long Day's Journey into Night. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Which is also a really good film, but okay. it's not. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. And it has Jolla Tall, who should be nominated for an Oscar, but alas, is not there. Shame. Yeah. The Last Black Man in San Francisco. Any, has anyone else seen I've it? I've seen it. Okay. Um, I have mixed feelings about this because I think it's very style over substance, but I think Jonathan Majors does, like, a really incredible performance in this film. Mm-hmm. I just, I don't know why I felt just so distance away in this film. Maybe I have to rewatch it, but... And it kind of in a similar vein of Little Women, but not to that point. I felt like an incredible amount of warmth in this movie. It has but one of my favorite lines, though, where it's like, you don't get to hate it, to until, hate it you until you love, love it. it. Yeah. yeah. Which I, is, that, that is the crux of the movie. Yeah. But I don't know. For some reason, it just felt really distant to me when I was watching it. Maybe. Mm-hmm. And yeah. But maybe I have to revisit. Possibly. I, I, think I, I think I do, too. It's been since like May or June that yeah. I've seen it. High Life. Ooh, Which I, yes. I love High Life. Other than 1917, this movie just barely didn't make it onto my top okay. ten list. I think it has a really incredible performance from Robert Pattinson. It's, Juliette Binoche is incredible. Her too. Her in the fuck box was crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah. this movie it's, has a fuck box. Yeah. yeah. I think right. it's such a weirdly... <laughs> Ethereal yet so um, isolating so and cold. I, it's yeah. all about like repression and like the worst in human people, which is like yeah. such an odd theme to go into. But Claire Denis has always been somewhat interested in that, mm-hmm. and I find that just really yeah. It's also kind of warm. I think this movie would make for a really interesting pairing with A Hidden Life because it, it, it's sort of a lot of the same things I, I, I really love about this movie I love about A Hidden Life because it deals with these themes of like staying true to your beliefs and your morals despite mm-hmm. everyone else and all the forces uh, combating it. Mm-hmm. So it, it, that's just a really interesting theme and dynamic that this movie plays with. Yeah. Um, and that oh, another good ending sequence because I just revisited watching like the end because I re- I was like what how does this movie end and I was like oh yeah it's mm-hmm. awesome yeah. also Robert Pattinson with a baby is very cute yeah <laughs> um and then one more because I think I think you only just added it I just added it list. we don't have to say a lot about it we recorded the podcast about it but the art of oh, self defense we did that. <laughs> <laughs> All these things we did in the summer. So it feels like wow. so long ago. Yeah, The Art of Self-Defense. Um, interesting film. A very, it's very interesting. Very, very... Dark comedy. Yes. Um, yeah. Sort of off the beaten path satire about yeah. toxic masculinity. Yeah. And I'm glad that they're not trying to give Jesse Eisenberg, like, charismatic roles because he's never been that. Yeah. Um, I think they really played to his strengths a lot as an actor, and... Uh, um, the sensei was also really good. Alexander also, uh, no. uh, Imogen, Imogen, Imogen Poots is also in yeah. this movie. Yes, I yes. forgot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just really funny, and, and unlike a lot of things that I've seen. As someone who loves movies in the vein of, like, Sorry to Bother You or, like... Um, favorite this gave yeah. me the favorite yeah. or something Yorgos Lanthimos vibe <laughs> anything Yorgos Lanthimos that sort of dialogue and yeah. that sort of off the wall nature mm-hmm. a little bit I, I really adored so yeah I think that's all our honorable that's all mentions. our honorable mentions yeah Jesus <laughs> yeah, yeah. 2019 was it's great it's so yeah. it was so hard putting mm-hmm. things on and off our li- my list so yeah yeah all right, are we ready to dive in? I guess our... we're ready to dive in. So we're going to structure it with 
this will be the first part with our 10 through 6, and then we're going to have a second part released next week on 5 through 1. That's right. Um, so each of us is going to go around and say our 10th favorite movie and then our 9th favorite movie yeah. and so on until we hit 6, and then that'll be the end of this episode. And then, yeah, we'll get to other stuff yes. later. Do you want to start, Jim? I guess. Yeah, I guess I'll start. Hustlers is fucking awesome. Hustlers <laughs> is fucking awesome. Who Does anyone have Hustlers on their list? Oh, okay. Yeah, wow. I was going to put it in my I'll, honorable mentions. I was mentions. also going to put all my it. honorable mentions. Um, yeah, J-Lo got snubbed. So yeah. hard. Very hard. Oh my goodness. This is far and away her best role. And I've seen uh-huh. a lot of her roles because I grew up watching a bunch of romantic comedies. <laughs> uh, and she's not very good in any of those. But here, it, it plays to her strengths yes. so much. And she's powerful and badass but also, she she just like in the review I said like she revels in both the allure and the danger of of this occupation because it's it's about this group of strippers around the time of the two thousand eight financial crisis that left a lot of really uh, a lot of people just a lot of people homeless a lot of people just completely fucked over and it's about sort of that climb to the top and then how hard it is to, or how easy it is rather, to just lose your sense of reality mm-hmm. once, you're, once you're there. But it, it's also about sort of this dynamic between uh, voyeurism and control oh, and yes. how uh, these women, like their, their bodies are used to, to show off, but then they're also trying to gain control over mm-hmm. their lives, over... Over like the 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 frame in a kind of way like this is very much like anti male gaze yes. movie oh definitely um it's directed so well uh, by Laureen Scaf- Scar- Scafaria yes I think that's her pronounced Laureen right, Scafaria yeah. yes who has done I think uh, she hasn't done much she hasn't done a lot I think this is maybe her 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 it's third like feature yeah. film she's done uh, Seeking a Friend for the End of the World yeah. and another one. There's a lot of movies that this year that really tried to go for like a social, socially conscious message, and this is one of the ones that I think really, really nails it. I remember in it's my review, it's very biting. It's very like, yeah. I remember when I wrote my review for that, which you can read on students.washington.edu/film. Um, I talked about how this film, or I was just like, you know, this film is like the best film that talks about the Great Recession that I've ever right. seen. Yeah. And it's centered around strippers who end up drugging people. Mm-hmm. And yeah, what you said about control really nails it. I think this movie is just so in control of what it wants to say. Mm-hmm. And you can really, really feel that throughout mm-hmm. the film. Also, like, J-Lo enters the fucking film by sh- coming in, stripping the piano app, Fiona Apple, and then Constance with, with her, like, jaw drop. Like, that's the perfect entrance. Why? That should be worthy of an Oscar itself. Sorry. It's the ultimate power move. <laughs> it's so power yeah. move. Yeah. Yeah. I loved it. It's just fucking awesome. Like, I honestly have nothing else to say about it other than what I've said before. Has any, has ever, have we all seen it here? I've no. seen it. I just watched it the other day. What'd you think? Oh, I was, I was sad that I didn't see it earlier. Yeah. It was yeah. so good. And yeah. It, there were so many parts of me that were like, no, these women are doing bad things. Oh, they're but this film people. is, like, explicit in being, like, they're doing bad things. Yeah. It's not, like, glorifying the way that 
I don't think it's on anyone's list, so great. Um, Joker <laughs> kind of glorifies, yeah. like, bad behavior, where this is like, no, these women are doing extremely bad things. Yeah. It's just there's so much desperation. Kind, It's mm-hmm. very complicated. Yeah, it was very, very interesting to watch, and yeah. I enjoyed it immensely. I love movies like this with moral dynamics, and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. this reminds me so much of just, like, classic... Scorsese material. Oh, yes. Agreed. Um, yeah. And, and, and again, taking control over, over like, the men that decide what their worth is, mm-hmm. especially in this line of occupation. It, rem- it reminds me of this really great song by Alex Cameron about sex work. I don't know if you guys have heard, heard it. I've heard of it. Anyway. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the Hustler's great yeah. film. Yes. You should definitely check it out if you have not. Yes. Um, it didn't get any nominated for any Oscars, right? But we know more no. than the Academy, so yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. so they're yeah. wrong. Oh, uh, what I was gonna say about Scorsese, sorry. Um, that it, again with the control thing, it takes this like framework that's typically delegated to these like bro films and applies it to this very female situation. Mm-hmm. I think that's like really and what's powerful interesting thing. about it is like J Lo's role. If someone male person played that role, would be like beloved for it but yeah. the fact that it's j-lo who's playing into a strength of hers but is also like this very not great person and i mean her get not getting a nomination for it really speaks volumes to kind of the climate of cinema and film right now mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. where like a character like hers if in a male role i feel like would be getting an oscar nomination yeah yeah oh, walking phoenix <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> yeah. Yeah, I think that's all I have to say about Hustlers. Hustlers is fucking awesome. Go see it. Yeah. Um, do you want to go next, Stephanie, since you're on the Sure. Uh, my number 10 is The Irishman. It's also my number 10. Yeah. So we're going to share this one. Is it uh, on uh, anyone it's else? It's Joelle's number 7. Oh, so we can talk about it now. Yeah. yeah okay, awesome. Just, it was yeah. going to be my honorable mention. Um, I re- also really wanted to try to get this on my top 10. Yeah. Just cannot. It just barely made it for me, yeah. too. I think, like... It Can't was... relate. <laughs> <laughs> Are we ready, Jim? Well, Sorry. I feel like me and you have like a me- text message chain about this every other week. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> I mean, it's a good culmination for Scorsese's work. Yes, yes. I, really, I think so. And it, like, it's like a, it's him reflecting on the stuff he's done. And like, I thought it was like technically well made and everything, and it yeah. was just like I'm. Technically, but <laughs> okay. Let's be real. Old Robert De Niro is trying to kick, kick that guy. <laughs> oh my god! No, that was yeah. I was just like oof. Yeah. Yeah. yeah the no. Academy Facebook like posted a thing about it. Oh. Uh, like with pictures of like I think it was Joe Pesci. Oh yeah. Pesci. Pesci. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But him being de-aged, and I was like. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I couldn't was, tell if they were supposed to be 30 or 80. Yeah, he was like four decades. Yeah. He's 80, 70, 60, 50. There was this video like, mm. uh, interview that Netflix had with Martin Scorsese. Or, no, uh, Martin Scorsese. It was, I think, in the Hollywood Roundtable. I don't know. Yeah. It was some interview where Martin Scorsese was like, yeah, the de-aging costs a lot of money. Mm-hmm. He's talking about how Al Pacino had to get out of a chair. And um, someone was like, Al Pacino looks like a 70-year-old man getting out of a chair. We need to tell him to act like he's a 30-year-old man getting out of a chair. So Martin Scorsese tells Al Pacino that, and they're like, oh, okay, whatever. And then as it rolls, Al Pacino's like, 60! Because <laughs> he couldn't get out of a chair like a 30-year-old. So, yeah, but this film's incredible. Um, yeah. I think only Martin Scorsese can make it. I mean, it'd exactly. still be a really good film if someone 
else made it, but it just has that added impact of this is a Scorsese film. It's a director who pretty much like helped reintroduce the gangster genre back in the 80s. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And is this director who's looking back and just being like, some of the stuff that I made is also dangerous and yeah. mm-hmm. very yeah. that's like he, 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 and very, we can't very be much, romanticizing it yeah, yeah, that much very much romanticizing glorified yeah. the, the the gangster lifestyle mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. is looking back and saying you know I mean it like it you shouldn't be glorifying this because it always ends in death for yeah. everyone I mean yeah. what I think I think I know where Jim's going to be coming from in this film. The first two hours is very cold and very... Like, the, a lot of the action sequences aren't like Goodfellas. No. Where it's like this very bombastic, like, roman- ro- romantic in quotes. It's not very... But, like, very outland... Not outlandish, but, like, a lot of effort where... Like, not even effort. There's just like something cold and distance where it's like these guys are just doing machine work. They're mm-hmm. just killing because killing. they're being told to yeah. kill. Like that sequence, that one shot sequence where they kill. I'm blanking on his the, name. Yeah, the the, the guy dude. in the restaurant. In the, in the diner. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and it's just so yeah. cold. It's just yeah. like the yeah. slow thing, and then they come out, and then he walks away. Like that's the epitome for me of what sets up like the most beautiful one hour ending of a film that. Is just really fantastic. I agree that the last like hour and hour and a half is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. That's by far the best part of it, and where the themes really start to come into play. Mm-hmm. Like this lifestyle isn't good for anyone. He is just left to die alone. Uh, has no connection. To I his also family. love that every time they introduce someone, if they died horribly, it's like this guy got oh, yeah. shot with seven bullets. Yeah, yeah. To like really emphasize, like no one cares. Like. You're just a name. Once you yeah, die, your you're, name, you're a name and a date. Yeah, you're a name and a date. You're going to die. Yeah, yeah. That was well done. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> I, I, I guess there's some embellishments, like, throughout where it's like, okay, well, he's just, like, they named the, how this person died, and, like, I that, love that does a good job to, like, emphasize, it's, it's, it's humorous, but it also does a really good job to emphasize those main themes, but I feel like overall the first two hours don't really do that much for me and we've talked a lot about this I think yeah I for me the two hours sets up the first hour this you can definitely say that the two hours are a little bit meandering and but I feel like for me that's the point like the cold Mm -hmm. distance meandering nature is like Mm -hmm. this guy who says he killed Jimmy Hoffa like do you actually believe Frank Sheeran like who knows this Mm -hmm. guy's just rambling in an elderly home because no he has no one to talk to Mm -hmm. and so he's just being like here's my story blah 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 like who knows if it's real it's just like this guy is so lonely he's just wants to hold on to anything have someone to talk to Mm -hmm. and i think the first two hours really emphasize that point yeah. I appreciate I I really appreciate it. Yeah. That's what I'll say about okay. it. Okay. Yeah, I mean to each their own yeah. with yeah. that film. Yeah. I definitely can understand where people are coming from from mm-hmm. it is three and a half hours long. It, yeah. that's very pretty long. Like the length is felt like and yeah. Also just to go back to the de aging thing, it was just kinda The de aging thing so is so funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I so mean good for Martin Scorsese for getting two hundred fifty million dollars to fund his de aging project. Yeah. <laughs> No, just like the first like close up with De Niro, I was just like, "What? How fucking old are you?" Like, oh, we yeah. gotta mention, 
fucking these performances are great. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I think Joe yeah. Pesci is. I love Joe Pesci. Phenomenal. In this movie. He's so scary. Yeah, yeah. I know. Like He's, I don't want him as a granddad or like an uncle subtle, or godfather. Yeah. Like, also, yeah. Oof, yeah. yeah. Great. Um, Cynthia. Cynthia, oh. yeah. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> Another film that I guess I've been told no one has seen um, is Paint in this room has seen, but uh, Pain and Glory, Pedro Almodovar's latest film. If you thought Irishman was about self-reflexivity, um, Pain and Glory is the epitome of that. Um, it centers around this man named Salvador Mayo, played by, like, fantastic Antonio Banderas. Like, I... I'm all for him getting an Oscar, but I don't think he's going to get it. Yeah. Um, but it's about this... Di- um, Salvador Mayo is this director who's kind of come into like this midlife creative crisis, doesn't really know what he wants to make yet. Definitely a surrogate for a Pedro Almodovar himself. And it's just this piece that's really demonstrating kind of the messiness and awkwardness of like our understanding our past again and trying to come back and understand that our past is important in who we are it's this very kaleidoscopic nature kind of thing it's very embracing the messiness of salvador mayo this man who pretty much like hates his past and like sees it and like there's this point where he directed this film a long time ago and he was like I hated it then but now I kind of like it it's this Mm -hmm. very slow self-deprecating colorful film about just what we make of our past and what we want to do with it it has a lot of personality that's just it was it was yeah beautiful self-reflexive film it's just yeah definitely one of the ones that I missed out on and yeah. One, of the, one mm-hmm. of the ones that I want to see it's as soon as possible. Mm-hmm. I think that's the biggest movie I missed out on, mm-hmm. and especially in terms of Oscar season. Because I, I, I feel like this would be the one that would maybe crack my top ten had I seen it. It but feels I, like such a typical Hollywood, like, not Hollywood film, an Oscar film, like stuff that an Oscar audience would like. Is it nominated like. for Best Foreign Language Film? Yes. yes. Okay. Um, but for some reason, I mean... Actually, I totally know why, because it's an international film. That's that it just didn't get the exposure. I thought yeah. Antonio Banderas had best os- best actor in the bag. Like this, it's literally about a director finding rejuvenation again by re going through his past and understanding what made him him, and maybe interpreting it in a very different life. It's def- definitely about how we make our make what we make of our own past and it's, it's beautiful self-reflexive film I like self-reflexive films <laughs> that's yeah. why I really like The Iron yeah. Man and it's why I really like Pain and Glory plus it's hilarious it's really funny mm-hmm. so yeah so go check that movie yeah, yeah. Check it out. as soon as I can yeah is it out on anything? Um, it is. You can rent it on iTunes now. Yeah. It's also playing at the Crest Cinema because yeah. they are like two to three months late on every single release, <laughs> yeah. which was good for me because I saw another film we're going to talk about later at the cinema, and I was really glad I saw it at a theater. But yeah, this movie is awesome. Also, Penelope Cruz is in this, and she's amazing as well. Also, another film with a great ending sequence, very bittersweet ending sequence that's just like, when I saw it, I was like, Jaw drop. I don't know why I stopped. You stopped because yeah. actually <laughs> dropped no your jaw. Yes. Yeah. 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 Recording yeah, yeah. audio. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, check out Pain and Glory. 
this really is such a good year for endings. And yes. Yeah. 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 Almost yeah. everything that I put, everything yeah. that I that I put on my list, and like, oh my god, that ending was so good. Yeah. That ending was yeah. so good. Yeah. 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 Like final shots and like mm-hmm. final scenes in general. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like this year just so consistently. Yep. Just like holy shit. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So next on our list is Maddie. Oh, yeah. Yes. So my number ten is Waves, but I know that it's on some other people's list in a higher position. Yeah. It's pretty. It's, it's my lower. number six. Yeah, my number seven. I mean, I don't mind. If I'll join. Yeah, we in. can talk about yeah. it now. We can talk about it. We'll, yeah. Yeah, I mean... You go ahead and start. I went into this not knowing anything about it. I just knew that we had the screening. (laughs) And of course, you know, free movies. Who doesn't love that? I know, right? And it felt really long while we were watching it. Mm -hmm. You know, with that twist in the middle. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, that's the end. And then it just kept going. And I thought I wasn't going to like that. But then, like I said before, sometimes the further out you get from movies, the more... At least for me, the more I kind of am able to see past the things that I didn't like. Mm-hmm. And I actually really ended up liking that twist and how it carried on. Mm-hmm. And also the stuff with the frame ratios. And oh, yes. I would oh, yeah. like to go back and watch it again just to see how those kind of correlate. Yeah, okay, so I, when I remember watching it, I don't know if you guys had this, but it definitely felt... So you start out this very wide, mm-hmm. I don't know ratio numbers that well, yeah. but it's yeah. very wide in the beginning mm-hmm. and then it kind of slowly comes in as people kind of get tighter and tighter in it and get into more sticky situations and then it starts widening out again, people forgiving themselves. So that's how I mm-hmm. interpreted it. It was like claustrophobic to get like, oh no, we're fucking mm-hmm. in trouble to like, yeah. let's all forgive ourselves yeah. back in the open. That's how I again. saw it yeah, as correlated. Totally. I also yeah. remember sitting there and after the first change when it started getting smaller, I looked at my friend and I said, am I crazy or did the screen get smaller? <laughs> and then it kept happening and I was like, okay, I'm definitely not going crazy. This is actually happening. Uh, yeah. So it was on Ryan and Stephanie's list. Yeah, yeah I have a little anecdote with this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had I showed up to the wrong theater for uh, this one. I showed oh, yes, up earlier. I showed, <laughs> I showed up to... Um, uh, the wrong, probably? yeah, Thornton, yeah, and uh, oh, I had no. to Uber down to the other theater, yeah. and all I could think about when I was on my way there, and once I got there, was this movie better be worth the fucking sixteen seventy seven I spent on the Uber to get down here, and it definitely was. Like yeah. I, I was, it was really surprising to just like walk in and not know anything about it, and then leave and be like, I want to check out more of Trey Edward Schultz because mm-hmm. it's just like. It, everything felt like real and all the dialogue was just so like tense and mm-hmm. just fraught with emotion yeah, yeah yeah and the way he used like the music in that film mm, too lots was of like, drops yeah so many my favorite line is oh you haven't heard of Animal Collective I <laughs> yes. felt very seen this at that moment <laughs> yeah like the Vampire Weekend Vampire Weekend yeah. I was, oh yeah I was like yeah. oh no I feel yeah. very yeah. seen as someone who likes that music yeah. 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 how about you yeah. Yeah. kids here I think I love, I remember very vividly, vividly, I really, really loved um, the sprinkler scene where the the camera gets, like, covered in water droplets and it's very colorful. And I was Mm -hmm. like, oh, my God, this is beautiful. Yeah. But I think watching the main character, like, go in a downward spiral was very, like, because you find that out, you you notice it pretty early on that, oh, this is just going he's going downhill real fast. Yeah. yeah. And it's just like, you're just watching someone, you're just, it's like, I don't know, I felt helpless and stuff. And like, 
So in the end, this guy, like, some bad stuff happens. He goes to court. He goes to jail. And I remember... (laughs) But, um... He, I remember thinking that, like, if I had only seen that part, like, if I heard in the news, oh, so-and-so high school teenager did this and went to jail, I would have thought, oh, good riddance, you know? Yeah. But then seeing the actual process of his downward spiral, like, perhaps this could be, like, a, a, a parallel story to someone else's experience, maybe. Yeah. It's totally possible, but that sort of, like, widens my perspective on things. Yeah. How people... T- I guess people aren't necessarily like inherently bad or anything and then I thought Taylor Russell was great I I love Taylor Russell she's like definitely a breakout star Mm -hmm. but I mean I think the downward spiral and then just some of the cinematography and the stuff Mm. was really I think I mean all the the panning shots yeah Yeah. Yeah. and the police and oh yeah 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 Yeah, and other than like the stuff that again spoilers but the stuff that leads to him going to jail I could like empathize and understand mm-hmm. that yeah. how someone could go could down feel like could that. fall down that, like, that path because like especially with like I don't know like for me playing sports in high school and getting injured it like it sucks and all yeah. you want to do is like it's so frustrating to want to and it's it was you, senior yeah, yeah. year and the same thing yeah. happened to me it was my senior year and it just like it sucks to just have to sit there and you yeah. just can't do anything about it you just okay. have to wait and heal mm-hmm. and I could see how that frustration can lead to something like if if that on top of other things mm-hmm. like what happens to him in the fi- just all this stuff that piles on top of him and it can yeah. just break a person yeah. like that mm-hmm. and also i just remember in the kind of like climax of his downward spiral mm-hmm. don't want to say what happens yeah. but i remember sitting there and my heart was racing and i was sweating mm-hmm. and just the way it was made was so full of tension and suspense, and it honestly like watching a me. loved one make bad decisions. Yeah, yeah. this yeah. similar feeling. Yeah. I would say. yeah, this film got a lot of this. It was very visceral for me, and I think mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. it's a very tr- it was a very tricky film for me to understand my feelings for. So I don't really want to. Yeah. Yeah. Very, yeah. I'm. I'm yeah. still like not really sure. Like talking about it now, I'm like, oh yeah, this movie fucking rocks. Like, yeah. but and it's it's probably the the film that's moved the most throughout my list. Like it was up yeah. on top and then it went down and it's yeah, sort of I'm sort of just decided it belongs somewhere in the middle and it's gonna stay there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Much. Yeah. Like in ranking this movie, it's it's much like the movie itself. It's messy and tumultuous and. And but that's very the beauty of it. Yeah. That is the beauty of it. And I loved how we talk about like the the main characters or one of the two main characters like steady decline into what he ends up doing. Um, I feel like I, I've I've read a lot of reviews that are like, oh, the dad character is just such an ass, and I didn't see that really? at all. Yeah. 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 I, I thought it was because I always like as someone who he's well intentioned has a parent that is ignorant. Yeah. Very, yeah. Yeah. yeah it's it's like i've i feel like i felt that with with a parent with my parent before uh-huh. and it's just like they they want the best for me but it's yeah. just like they don't understand what i'm going through yeah, yeah. like yeah. i feel like i was the main character well that i didn't do anything yeah. i feel like i was him, but <laughs> like i passed i passed that that point in my life i'm obviously not in high school anymore but like i've had conflicts with my parents and, like, one of the realizations that I think a lot of people just have to come to is that you cannot ask your parents to do any better than the best that they did. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. 
Like, and I sometimes I'm, like, mad because I think about some decisions my parents made that, like, were just only bad for me. And I'm just like, how could you have done this? But then it's like, well, they they were only, you can't ask any more of yeah. the best that your parents can do mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. And it that just, was also relatable. Yeah, yeah. It, just, it just causes a lot of, like, cognitive dis- dissonance because you're so on the side of the teenage yeah. kid. Right. But then you understand where the parents exactly, are coming from yeah. in terms of, like, I mean, we don't. None of us. I mean, we're not parents of teenagers. But I feel like there's a mutual understanding as you grow older of how much your parents Mm -hmm. did care for you. Yeah. 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 Having gotten away from high school, we can kind of start to see, like, oh, yeah, maybe these weren't the best decisions, and our parents definitely did have our best interest in mind. It's just hard for us to see that in that Mm -hmm. moment. And we totally understand being in that place, but now we're starting to shift away from that and then see the parents' side more. And I think that's just... Very interesting. I think, yeah. Then, oh, sorry. Okay. Uh, yeah, like, then the, the way the parents' relationship with after the incident, whatever happens. Oh, oh yeah. That was yeah. 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 Because, really like, the, then it's, like, these parents, what did we do wrong to yeah. get our parent, mm-hmm. our kid into this situation? Because a lot of it, as a parent, you kind of feel like, yeah, yeah, yeah. With, you have so much control over someone's life in their first 18 years. Yeah and then they do something bad it, you yeah. definitely feel the blame on yourself yeah it's like playing into like the theme of like a lack of control again it's like you can like control so much like as a kid and also as a parent mm-hmm. and like seeing that develop through the second half of the movie which I guess relates to my whole thought on the film and a lot of other people's where like the first half being erratic and then the second half like bringing a lot of things together mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. 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 waves that's our waves waves, <laughs> waves. <laughs> In a way, it's kind of an ode to the uh, to the indie teenagers of the world. Yes. It really yeah. is. Yeah, it's a good way with, of saying with, it. With, with yes. the first half and... Me and Joel look at each other. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, the it. first half and the second half being like this paradigm shift and, and change in perspective and it, all the needle drops again. It's like I felt like I was heard because I've never felt... I've never heard my Spotify playlist. Yeah. <laughs> it's all... Like, oh, it's all oh, wow. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, and then also, and then like Lucas Hedges' uh, introduction in the movie. I think this is one of his best. One of his best roles. I like yeah. True. Oh, yeah. Like I don't think I've ever seen him play like. I guess kind he kind of does. Boy. Yeah, he's I usually kind nerdy, of does teenage in Lady boy. Bird, but yeah. like I well, liked his character. Indie so. angsty, slightly e boy. He's <laughs> he's pretty angsty and. My number one. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Yes. Yes. Let's yeah. go. All right. So, Ryan, we talked about your number 10. Also yeah, the Irishman. So, yeah, yeah, his was the Irishman. So, Joel. Yeah, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Woo. Is it on anyone else's? It's yes. on yeah, the, uh, it's, it's on, on, it's on yeah. mine, yeah. yeah. Um, but, like, do you want to talk half of it? about it now or later? It's my number eight. It's, it's my number, it's my number four. Oh, yeah. so uh, but I, well, we can save it till. Yeah, let's, yeah, let's skip it for now. Okay, sorry. No, yeah. All right, so back to you, Jim, number nine. Oh, um, so my number nine is an awesome, awesome, awesome sci-fi movie called Ad Astra. Brad Brad Brad. (laughs) Rashford. It's It's my number six. Okay. Uh, So we can talk about it. Okay, let's let's talk about it. So it's essentially the journey of uh, Roy McBride, which is Brad, Brad Pitt's character, and on his journey to sort of discover his dad out in space. Yes. <laughs> and throughout, as the film progresses, you sort of see him become 
like how he became a shell of himself essentially. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And how this journey is turning him into everything that he hates about his father. Mm-hmm. Which that that was such a compelling journey for him. Yeah. And so, so something so human and unlike a lot of things that I've seen in a sci-fi film. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was just really refreshing in that point. I thought all the effects were phenomenal. Yep. I, yeah. I'm shocked this wasn't this didn't get a best visual effects nomination. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, um, the, the sorry, moon the landing, yeah, the, the moon, the moon, moon the, door sequence. Yeah, yeah. Like so yeah. space pirates. Yes. I'm in. Max, <laughs> Max on space. Yeah, if yeah. It that happens. was you know, in the movie. Yeah. So in movie, the middle, yeah. they tra- travel to one location of the moon to the another location of the moon, and they ride the, these like ATVs. But then there's like space pirates coming after really? them. Really? Yeah. It's, it's Wait, so, like other no, human? Yes. Yeah, yes. I didn't know. Okay, it's so, so like, yeah, yeah. This film is like set pretty far into the it, future. It's, oh, it says it's like a yeah. distant, but like, not too far away yeah, future or something like that. It was so funny like when they had like, like subway in space <laughs> yeah, and an America rocket to space. Yeah, <laughs> I was, was like, oh. I thought it was interesting because it's yeah. like, it's this, it's it's what would happen it if was, we yeah. didn't have these like private... Or, capitalizing mm-hmm. on mm-hmm. moons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If we, sure if we like could have these, we would commodify space. Com- yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Capitalize. Which is terrifying yeah. in itself. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and there was like, and they explained it in the film, but there's like territories on the moon, and mm-hmm. you know, this belongs to America, and this belongs. Yeah. And there's these, like a law that says you can't do that right now. Like, no one is allowed yeah, to yeah. the moon. There's like, yeah. and there's like international waters, basically, craters, and that's where like the pirates hang out. Yeah. It's. Yeah, I there thought it was such a, an interesting thing. To there is sort of a really, yeah, that really scary, like, kind of neo-colonialist yeah. thing going on there. Yeah. 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 But, like, at the core is this, like, beautiful theme of, I mean, daddy, it's daddy it issues. It is daddy, daddy issues, issues. But sure. it's, it's, like, watching Brad Pitt kind of just meander and, like, slowly discover, like, how much he is becoming mm-hmm. this person that, like, he totally hated, yet... In the beginning, he, like, totally glorified his dad, where he was like, my mm-hmm. dad is a hero. He went into space for the good of mankind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And slowly, as he gets closer and closer and closer to his father, he realizes... No, my dad's a coward. My, yeah. My yeah. dad is a coward. He went into space, this mag- huge space where, like, everyone's like, oh, this is for exploration, just to get away from everyone, to... Mm-hmm leave everything behind because he couldn't confront what was in reality and what was in earth it's so powerful yeah. and i sometimes i have a difficult when i watch films i like you can't watch films without outside context of what's going on and what i find really interesting about ad astra is brad pitt filmed this when he was Going through a divorce, divorce with mm-hmm. Angelique Jolie, it's very it's been speculated that he has a horrible relationship with his kids. Like they don't like him oh. and and so like having that kind of understanding and then like him playing someone who also doesn't has a tumultuous relationship with your dad is very yeah. jarring and very interesting to think about. So yeah, I think Brad Pitt became like no offense to Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, but I think he should have been nominated for this film because well, it was they're so different. It could have been nominated for both. both. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> just watching Brad Pitt kind of become like a shell of himself, and mm-hmm. then just like understanding where he's coming from. And it's also beautiful. This yeah. film is gorgeous. Even in the trailers, there's that one shot where he's sitting there, and the, the lights kind of—it's like this red, like woozying feeling and the, the lights just kind of come in him mm-hmm. it's gorgeous yeah 
Ad Astra is yeah. phenomenal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So I, I think it's playing. Is it playing at the Varsity? Oh, I hope it is. Then I could go see it and not travel that so. far. Oh. Yeah. But it is online. It's mm-hmm. on. Oh, yeah. Um, it's pretty yeah. rent it yeah. on yeah. iTunes. I saw it when we were talking about the crest. I saw it at the crest. I was like, it came out on iTunes, and I was like, oh, cool. I can rent it. And then I, like, looked it up, and I was like, wait, it's playing at a theater? <laughs> no, but, it's yeah. not playing anywhere right now. Oh, and uh, yeah. speaking of ending shots again, like that ending sequence mm-hmm. of his monologues, which, yeah. oh, yeah, yeah, we didn't even talk about his monologues throughout the film, kind of mm-hmm. just, like, discussing his own mind space. And I thought the monologues were great. Yeah. And the ending monologue is, like, just the cherry on top of this film. I like bittersweet, somber endings, mm-hmm. and this that was the epitome of that. Yeah. Yeah. What did you guys feel about the narration? I loved it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love the narration. I know a lot of people don't like it because it was like, oh, it's too overt mm-hmm. in what Brad Pitt is going through, but or Roy McBride is going through. But I, I loved it because sometimes, sometimes you need that overtness. It was just right, like yeah. this very monotone, like un- monotone narration where you like understand that this man is like again, so I keep emotionally detached. Th- yeah, so emotionally detached and distant from mm-hmm. reality. Mm-hmm. Also, fun fact: um, the gear used. To like monitor his heart rate was made by a company my mom's works works in so i have a bunch of this equipment in my house and i was like oh cool <laughs> so yeah fun little trivia nice um Who yeah no it just apocalypse it, now in space whatever it really is though but yeah. it's still yeah. like i like apocalypse now so why not make why it's not in space, it in space. i like my People in, I like space movie. I like people in space. Yeah, no, it's it's so weird and it's so deeply human and I just I love the juxtaposition between like like the bravery it takes to go out in, in space, space and, and then the also cowardness that that comes was along motivated with, yeah. to go to space. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Such a strong metaphorical film. It's so metaphorical. Yeah. We'll <laughs> yeah. All right, number next. Honor. Yeah. Stephanie with her number nine. Uh, my number nine is Jojo Rabbit, and I think it's on Maddie's list. Uh, yeah, but it's like eight, so we can okay. just... Okay. Yeah. Um, I know there are controversial opinions about this, which is fine. I think a lot of people are like, you're not allowed to make a funny movie about Hitler, and then Taika Waititi was like, did it anyway. Sucks yeah. Suck. <laughs> but I, I mean, I watched it, and I thought it was like... I thought it was, like, a funny film and, like, also had a reasonable amount of heart. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think I watched an interview with Taika Waititi, and he was talking about how, in his opinion, like, there are people who treat comedy as a very low form of art. And he was like, oh, in my opinion, I think comedy is one of the best weapons against hate. Against hate. And I was like, you know what? I, I see that. I yeah. see what you did. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I think it's a very unique take. For sure, yeah. Mm-hmm. And like, I thought it was. Yeah. I thought it was good, not Oscar worthy, but. Mm. That's fair. That's totally <laughs> yeah, fair. I yeah. mean, it's it's um, my number nine. Yeah, but. yeah. I don't think it deserved the. Nom, what about but, you? Um, it's, it's on your list. Yeah, I mean, I just love Taika. Mm-hmm. I think that he's one of the best voices in modern cinema. Uh, I think he's a very interesting director. I'm yeah. excited to see yeah. whatever he has next. Um, I mean, well, he's funny, but he's also... 
he's also just incredibly smart, and I feel like it is, it's at its heart, it's a satire, and I feel like it's hard to do a good satire. And of course, there are some people that don't, they don't get the satirical elements of it, which is totally fair, but um, I just thought that it was very different, and it was jarring, but I feel like... There's the one, like... Mood change in the middle totally yeah. caught so, me by yeah. surprise. What did you think of that? I, I cried. <laughs> I was like, "Holy shit!" Like now, like a whole bunch of stuff from the first, from the first half, like clicked into place when that happened. Yes. Yeah. No, I think I, that that tone shift I felt was was really really natural because it, it was like that violence was always inherently a part of the comedy, mm-hmm. and so it, it, it's always been like a part of the like what they set up and what they built up in that first half, like, through the comedy, through the satire, and then, like, that moment hits, and then you're like, oh, shit. Yeah. Yeah. This is the reality of this situation. I feel like if it hadn't been for that middle part, then it would have definitely fallen a little bit more on the, okay, well, this is a lot. I don't know. I thought that was, like, it had to be done. Mm-hmm, it had right. to ch- mood change. I don't know how I feel about it. I'm very much on the side of this movie where, you know, there are jokes about Hitler. And it's not like, I don't fault, I don't say like, oh, you can't joke about Hitler. But it's more like, if you're going to joke about Hitler, like, do it hard. And I felt like they didn't. It was very middling for me. Yeah. And this mm-hmm. the film turning kind of into a bittersweet thing kind of fell off for me especially with the subject matter but I can totally understand why people really enjoy this film Mm -hmm. I think Thomas and Mackenzie like oh yeah we watch Leave No Trace but like Thomas and Mackenzie I she's she's gonna be a star star. when I walked out of this film I was like that was the one thing that was on my mind I was like she's gonna be a star she kind of saved the film for me in terms of a way I just felt very empty after watching this so like I, it wasn't like aggressive enough for me, yeah. at yeah. least. I and it yeah. was, I, I don't know. I had a friend, former film club president, Kevin, oh, Kevin Connor. I went to a screening with him on this movie, and he was talking about how he was invited really early, in like late early January or something like that, where he saw the movie for the first time, and he said it was much more biting and more aggressive in its attitudes towards like. Hitler is bad, and he mm-hmm. pretty much made these children, like, brainwash these children into thinking that he was, like, God or something. So I'm very interested to see what happened there, because yeah. I think that was, like, the shift when Fox was getting bought by Disney. Uh, so I wonder if Disney was, like, tone it down. Yeah, yeah. probably. Yeah. I definitely just, I just wish that there was more of Taika that's honestly That's honestly a damn shame to hear about, because I would have liked to see that more than... Because yeah. Yeah. I, I, I do well. kind of agree with the point where... Uh, it is a little middling. It is, like, a little mm-hmm. safe. I think a lot of the jokes are really sweet. predictable. I mean, yeah. it is pretty s- explicit that it's, like, these kids didn't have a choice yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. But I, I felt like it could have been more. Could have been harder on Hitler. Yeah. It would be <laughs> I way spent, harder. I definitely spent a lot of the movie being like, ha, ha, oh, my God. Like, yeah. what? Like, but I don't know. I, it's very unique, I would say, for mm-hmm. me. Yeah. Is yeah. What yeah. I it is. Did you watch this film? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, that's, that's all. Yeah. Yeah, I'm next. I yeah. think this is someone's number one. It so, is mine. Okay, so, so my we'll number nine it, yeah. is Midsummer, but we'll it's Brian's it. number one, yeah. so we'll definitely come back to it. 
So that's uh, Maddie. Maddie. Oh, yes. Peanut Butter Falcon. My number nine is the Peanut Butter Falcon. Uh, I feel like... I just... I don't even know what to say about this movie. I feel... My review for it was that in a world of, like, we have so many movies about such terrible things, like war and gangsters and children, child-eating clowns, that this was just <laughs> so refreshing, and it just made me so warm inside. Yeah, and I definitely agree with that. There yeah. was... I just, I just can't say enough about it. And the backstory that um, the directors who can't think of their names right now but they wrote it for their friend Zach who they met at a camp and he really wanted to be an actor but he wasn't being cast because he has Down syndrome so they wrote this movie specifically for him to star in Taylor Nelson and Michael Schwartz yeah I I read that too it's it's cool it's so just it's heartwarming at its core and um Anybody else got anything to say I mean, about yeah, it? I haven't, seen it. Yeah. I haven't, I haven't seen, seen it yet. I think I've seen it the as well. it's camaraderie movie. aspect of mm-hmm. it is definitely like Shia LaBeouf, Dakota Johnson, and Zach Galifianakis. Gotson. Oh, nope, Zach Gosden. They're both Zach G. Yeah, but they're, Zach G. <laughs> they're both like that is like the the best part of the easily the mm-hmm. best part of the film is watching. Uh, initially, it's just just Shia, Shia LaBeouf and Zach, but. And their their dynamic is funny, and but then you add in Dakota Johnson and just the three of them together on this journey is just like I was rooting for them the whole time. Yeah, yeah. It made definitely. the it made the film very easy to watch. Yeah, yeah. if yes. that makes sense. It's, like, cool. it's like warm, like yeah. warm honey or something just rolling down. It's really yeah. yeah. And one of my favorite things about it is I feel like there's not much representation of characters with Down syndrome in mm-hmm. a lot of yeah. uh, movies nowadays. And when there is, I feel like their sole purpose of being in the movie is that they have Down syndrome, kind of. So this felt like it steered clear of a lot of the stereotypes, mm-hmm. and it was very empowering, mm-hmm. and I just really, really appreciated it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. This, yeah, very heartwarming film. Yeah. Also, watch. this was the film that Shia LaBeouf was making when he got arrested in Atlanta. So I think that that's interesting to see. Ooh. Oh, that, yeah! Wow, it was like I didn't know that. in the middle of filming. Ooh. So I've tried in when I was watching it recently. I tried to see if that was like if you could see any kind of shifts in his portrayal. Mm-hmm. But honestly, I think that he was very consistent throughout and yeah. it's one of his best performances I think it's definitely a different performance when you think of Shia it's very yeah. outlandish this is a very subdued performance I guess not yeah. very but like definitely it's a more positive mm-hmm. role that he's picked yeah and I'm glad for him and yeah. for this yeah this film is so cute <laughs> yeah that's no, that's, the that's, best a way to, that's a good way to put it all right. Okay. So, oh, my number nine is the lighthouse. Mm, have not seen it, but uh, so is it on anyone else's list? It's, it's my six. Yeah. So oh, we can fine. talk. About yeah. It. yeah. Okay. This was also one of my honorable. Oh, this wait, is, this yeah. Is this is going to be an honorable mention. Wait, for me. we can go through nineteen seventeen for Joel. No, it's fine. oh, no, never mind. Never mind. Yeah. Just kidding. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Cut it out. Spoilers <laughs> for the podcast. <laughs> um, no, I think. I forget the director's name. Robert, Robert Eggers. Eggers. Robert Eggers. Yes. But him and Ari Aster are just... They're onto making, something. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, they've, they've figured out something with the, like... A24 A24 <laughs> yeah, has been just given 
helping these guys make just these films and they they it, they do this really smart thing where they're like they're feeding off the success of their previous films which were specifically horror mm -hmm. and now and this is uh, talking a little bit about Midsummer too but they they use that to market these films that aren't necessarily horror, horror films, films to get people to go see them mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and it's they're not horror films and mm -hmm. it's just yeah I he's onto something with like just stuff doesn't have to be like visually scary to oh for sure that's yeah. the best yeah, yeah, type yeah. of horror or, it doesn't have to be yeah. visually it's scary just, to yeah. be a horror film or something and, that's, or something like that yeah because yeah. The Lighthouse is not horror film yeah no yeah. and the performances in this I don't think or like, getting credit. Yeah, yeah no, yeah. not Dafoe, at all. Dafoe, man. Willem Dafoe and His Robert Pattinson. His whole so. monologue that where whole he monologue just screams, and then at the end just screams. <sighs> yeah, or that's one no. of my favorite scenes of the, of the yeah. year. Mm. It, it, is, it is so just Scarring outlandish. and jarring and, and, yeah, outlandish. And it ends with Robert Pattinson saying, Okay, okay, fine. I, I like your cooking. cooking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, it's just so it's just so it's fucking an, funny too. Like, yeah, it's yeah. also just an interesting depiction of like a man just men going insane. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. that's Downward what this movie fall, is. Yeah, mm -hmm. uh, it's it's as simple as that, and it does so much with. It's your number it's seven. So six. six. So yeah. Uh, let's just say just like from the start of the movie, like just that loud like constant like banging oh the, the drum. I feel like if you don't like that loud lighthouse drone sequence I think that's either yeah. gonna hate like make you hate it or make you like it yeah. for me yeah. I loved that it's, it's, yeah. it's yeah. like the whole movie yeah. you're just like, oh, shit, and it's constantly happening? blaring in the background yeah. where mm -hmm. you're like we are gonna go insane yeah, with them <laughs> yeah. it's just like mundanely moving in but it's like something's wrong here mm -hmm. there's already like this it's just something feels off but, like also like the atmosphere is like constantly haunting, but also just like strange things with the humor mm -hmm. and like the, like Willem Dafoe like farting throughout. Yeah. The <laughs> it's like that. maintaining that humor, but also like constantly just like what the hell is happening here? It's like this weird mythical time. mythos thing going on. It's like very, it's got like sort of a parallel with the myth of Prom Prometheus with the Prodian, light and yeah, yeah. yeah. It's the whole Lovecraftian of it all. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is pretty yeah. Lovecraftian. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. It's also just beautiful to look at. Oh, the cinematography. Academy yeah. nominated? Yes. Academy yeah. nominated? Is it? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. For cinematography. Oh, yeah. The yeah. only yeah. A24 yeah. nomination. Yeah. I think they market, they were trying to market The Farewell a lot. They were trying yeah. to push that one in. Yeah. Because, I mean, we'll talk about it later. Yeah, but yeah. we'll talk about it later. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Wonderful. Um, but yeah, Lighthouse is just, it's so interesting and I can't yeah, wait to go back. I mean, I'm a fan of the, the, the witch <laughs> yeah. um, a little more but the lighthouse is just so interesting I haven't had a chance to rewatch it but it's definitely something I, I need to rewatch because yeah. yeah. there's just so many things going on with this film that is just yeah. so interesting yeah. a lot of just an experience really yeah, yeah. Like for yeah. me I thought it was better than the witch but just because I thought Eggers was like more subtle in his messaging and whatnot, and then also I just like the way the film came together at the end more for me. I love the ending of the witch. Yeah, I love it. It's so good. I watched it last night. Yeah, I watched it too far, but yeah. Yeah, but yeah, the lighthouse. 
that we can all agree is pretty good, except for Stephanie, I guess. I mean, I haven't seen it. I don't disagree. Have you seen The Witch, though? No, I haven't. It was supposed to. You should have watched it for the Halloween movie night. My bad, too. I was like, this is, I will watch anything with Anya Taylor-Joy in it. Oh, she's so We were, good. like, comparing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but we commented on the, the Instagram post you made. We are like, vote for the witch. No one did. The bitch. No one did. The, the, the bitch. You bitch your Yeah, brother. but I'm excited for Nosferatu. Nosferatu, yeah. By oh, yes. a very, oh, yeah. I, has anyone seen the old, the classic Nosferatu? No. no. I've seen the men, too. The memes Burner or something. Oh, uh, yeah. I've seen, oh, uh, yeah, the. Which is yeah. interesting. Yeah. I just think about this the SpongeBob episode. Where Nosferatu at the end is flipping. Oh, Nosferatu! <laughs> Can you believe that Werner Herzog is in The Mandalorian? No. And almost cried for um, Baby Yoda. Yeah. When I took a whole class last quarter on Werner Herzog. Oh, Eric's class? class? Yeah. Eric's awesome. We love Eric. Oh, it's yeah. just, uh, by the end of it, I was like, oh, he's just so crazy. I can't, <laughs> I can't hear about Werner Herzog anymore. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, My favorite thing about him, he had like this cameo in Parks and Rec. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. And he's just like this guy who's like, I'm selling this a house to, to be closer to, to Disney <laughs> World. And I was like, oh my God. I love I, the interview. Oh, sorry. No, I, I love the interview with him where he just actually gets shot and they go back. He's, <laughs> like, he's like, oh, is it like a little yeah. on his stomach? He's like, oh, it's, it's whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, uh, he's just. He's crazy. Yes. Have you ever seen Warner Herzog eats a shoe? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh <Yeah>. my <laughs> gosh, that man's. <laughs> All right. Joel's number podcast. nine is nineteen seventeen, which is pretty high on my, my list Joe. as well. Actually, yeah, my number five. We can just we, talk about it though. We, are you sure? Yeah, yeah. Okay, nineteen seventeen. Okay. Let's yeah. go, Joel. Yeah. Give us your well, spiel. first off, uh, just to get it out of the way, you know, one shot, but. A gimmick yeah. to some. Yeah. I think the gimmick helps the film and is like beneficial and actually has a point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, like, it's not. Yeah. It's not just for the sake of. Yeah, the, yeah it's definitely with a lot of the criticism being. It, we get it. It's one shot, but like. Yeah. I felt like it works. It works, it works yeah. very well. Yeah. Yeah. I just I just remember my friend telling me about the one shot and for some reason it wasn't It's two it, shots. Yeah, two shots. <laughs> it, wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't clicking in my head that you know, obviously they didn't all film it in one shot, so I just sat there and I was like, How did they do that? I mean, I think it's very it's pretty obvious sometimes where they're editing, especially like whenever it yeah. goes very dark. Yeah. 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 Um but for me it yeah. It works like yeah. once you kind of accept and resign to the fact of it, I think it works yeah. really well I, to create tension. Yeah, in I way. personally just really enjoy that that just the way that the, the camera movement of one take stuff like like this or Birdman or like um, mm-hmm. the opening scene to La La Land yeah. has the same sort of feel mm-hmm. to it. Yeah. Just that sort of camera movement is mm-hmm. just something that I personally really enjoy. Honestly, it also and works it adds, really well with yeah. World War One because yeah. World War One was fought with trenches. Mm-hmm. It was very guerrilla mm-hmm. yeah. in a way that no, no one ever thought it would be. And yeah. it was just, <laughs> Hello? Hello, yeah. Um, yeah, and it works in that advantage of, like, going through these trenches and these very tight spaces. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it plays to the claustrophobia. Mm-hmm. Of, uh, one scene where, like, it blows up in there and whatnot as well. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That was perfect. Yeah, and also just, like, it's not a 
any way of like glorifying or like of war it's like oh, an no. anti-war yeah, yeah, for yeah, sure. sure if anything and it's just like these men these boys they're boys yeah. who yeah. are ha- like forced to enlist for a war that was supposed to be super short but was very very long and they yeah. just kind of oh do it over and over mm-hmm. and over again for no there's Who's no cause um, Tommen from Tommen. Tommen. I know he is. Game Dean Charles Chapman. And um, Tyler, not Tyler. Oh my god. But who are the adult? There's Colin. Oh, there's Colin also Firth. those cameos. Yeah, there's Co- yeah. Colin Benedict Firth, Hot Priest. Can I just say, Richard Madden was in that movie. He's for in the movie minutes, mm-hmm. and I felt that that was one of the best performances yeah. of the entire thing. Oh, George McKay, Dean oh, yeah. Charles Chapman. They're. Two of both of them are spectacular. Uh, How old it are definitely they? um like twenty five probably. Twenty two, twenty seven. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, it's just watching Scott this. Scott is in the same yes. yeah. All the British men. Yeah. yeah. My heart. It's BBC coming together it really to unite. <laughs> um but it's it's just this really sad and depressing watching of like the cyclical nature of war and like how these boys are just helpless having to be a part of it and for me that was really powerful in terms of what was trying to get conveyed plus like Roger Deacon's God yeah like a lot of oh yeah (laughs) there's the sequence where they're running through the flare when he's running through the flare it's one of the most beautiful and yeah oh it brought me to the verge of tears yeah and just I was watching how they were kind of getting that made and they were like yeah we built like this miniature set and then we would like run these lights over it to know how long people we had it's a very just the fact that it it is anti-war just kind of really nails it for me. Um, I recently rewatched Dunkirk, and I, mm-hmm. everyone's like, pick one or the other. I feel like they're both yeah. kind of conveying the same thing of, like, this is war, and it sucks, just, it sucks <laughs> and everyone yeah. is But it would be kind nice of, <laughs> I don't, I don't yeah. know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it's... Yeah. Cinematography aside, it's emotionally it's still early. emotionally investing for investing mm-hmm. and yeah. I yeah and Insane. the main criticism that it feels like a video game like what's wrong with it yeah. kind of having a yeah. video game tone yeah. I guess yeah. I, even though I never felt it oh yeah no. No. like honestly like I really like the one shot part of it didn't feel like such gimmicky like a, yeah it didn't yeah. feel like so like important to the film either as much like I thought it was beneficial and helpful mm-hmm. but I also didn't think it was like as center mm-hmm. as the people like portrayed it to be like mm-hmm. I stopped like realizing it as much like yeah yeah towards the yeah. side of the film mm-hmm. yeah. the, the more goes along at first you're you're um, at least in my experience, you're kind of just like detached a little bit because yeah, the first ten minutes I was yeah. like, oh, where are they cutting? I want to be a cool film. Yeah, yeah. Like, and, like, I knew. I knew, like, but that's like, who gives a fuck? Yeah, it, I mean, if anything, for like, it's beneficial. So why do you want to keep criticizing it to the yeah. point? Mm-hmm. It gives the movie such a strong sense of imme- of immediacy, immediacy and yeah. urgency. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of they need to relay this message as soon as possible. Mm-hmm. And you, I totally forget, but this film is totally small in scope. If yeah. Oh, yeah. It's Very not small. like Dunkirk oh, yeah. where it's like, this is happening, this is yeah. happening, this is happening, and everyone's coming. It's like yeah. two boys trying to get a message across, mm-hmm. yeah. and it's about their like horrible 
And especially Walk when that, through, through it. Yeah. when it's just undercut at the end with yeah. Benedict Cumberbatch saying they're calling the attack off today, but yeah. it's There's just gonna just get worse and worse. Yeah, it's, it's just worse. gonna it's say it's gonna happen it. again and again yeah. and again. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it feels incredibly intimate for a war film. Yeah. just following just two kids just traversing like these like empty battlefields. Mm-hmm. And it's like for for a genre that's like usually so like grand and immense and, yeah. and like following like plenty of characters, like just seeing like two kids evolved throughout this was just like a lot mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. so yeah 1917 yeah. I, in our opinions I guess is worthy of the Oscar praise so, yeah. 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 yeah I, I totally get it if you're like totally taken out by the one t- shot I get it but like for me it, it wasn't yeah. it wasn't yeah. for me it wasn't even I didn't even notice I was yeah. just like exactly. oh it feels yeah. natural yeah. Yeah. yeah I got too invested to the point yeah. where I was like caring about the characters and what was happening yeah exactly yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm a little bit hesitant, and I'm also maybe didn't see this in the right environment because I saw it in 40X, but I feel like that maybe that made me pay attention more to the experience overall and less mm-hmm. about like the characters and what they're going yeah. through and like the implications of war and everything that's going on. I haven't there, had a chance but, to rewatch this, but I think yeah. for me at least, it was like this movie that no one talked about and then we kind of got a really early screening of it and mm-hmm. we just went in and we're like mm-hmm. oh Holy shit yeah. 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 oh shit like, yo this could be this something on a yeah. yeah I right. can go yeah, yeah. but I'm gonna go so, see yeah. it yeah, I can I go to the screening either and I really want to see it outside just at a normal screening okay. outside of 40X yeah. and see what my experience is like with it then but it's um, it's really, really great. Like when it when it really hits its stride, that movie, it's mm-hmm. like ph- mm-hmm. phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Some of my favorite scenes of the year, for sure. Yeah. So 1970. Yeah. yeah. All right. right. Number eight. Jesus Christ, we're going by <laughs> yeah. this super yeah. quickly, guys. All right, Jim. Oh, one Jim's was once well, upon a time in Hollywood. Are we yes. going to wait until Maddie? Yeah, let's wait until. Yeah. So, okay. um, J- Stephanie's also, also once upon a time in Hollywood. Okay. Yeah. Mine's. So, Eight is book smart. That's Ooh. my number seven. I That's think? my number six. So we can just. Oh, we, let's yeah, talk about that. Awesome. Yeah. Book smart is book fucking smart. phenomenal. So great. So, so for those of us that were here last year, Greg, our past film club president, like in the spring, like would not shut up about this movie. <laughs> he was all like, "You all have to go see it. It's best film, whatever of like South Fi that he saw or something." And so we all went to a screening of it, or I don't know if you were there, but I, I was went. There. I was. At I went, and too. it was basically like Olivia Wilde's directorial debut with Caitlin Dever, Beanie Fieldstein, and it was just like funny, heartwarming. Like to call this yeah. the female version of Superbad is an insult to Booksmart. Oh, it's Honestly, such a disservice. It's, it's yeah. such a disservice. Who's doing that? Everyone. Everyone. <laughs> um, in my opinion, Superbad's not that great. Um, yeah. Booksmart is just a genuinely like loving film about female friendship Ugh. and female empowerment and also like just the stereotyping that we can put on and other people our, our yeah. projections yeah. of other people and how we think of them it's a beautiful I've never seen a movie that loves the people within it so much so as much hard. as Booksmart and they Olivia Wilde you can really tell Olivia Wilde loves the characters within these films and for me, it was very relatable into my high school experience oh, yeah. of like being detached, feeling like you're missing out on a bunch of things, so feeling much. like you need yeah. to invest in education over partying, but then also feeling like other it's unfair, but also yeah. it very conflicting feelings of high school and just 
Yeah. A, also, Good. again, a really beautiful depiction yeah, of female yeah. friendship of mm-hmm. just... Yeah. More than anything, it was funny. Yeah. It was yeah. also yeah. so funny. Like, every character has a chance to become something more than just a stereotype, yeah. more than an archetype. And Olivia Wilde lets these kids just kind of explore and start yeah. loving themselves rather than hating themselves. Mm-hmm. And I, I, it's just beautiful. Also, Olivia Wilde does some really interesting things as, like, a director. You would oh, never yeah. think... The, like, a... Like Especially she, for a that, directorial feature, like yeah. the, the animated the section. The animated section that was hilarious. hilarious. And like so unexpected, but like it totally works in the context of what's going yeah. on. Yeah. It has one of my favorite sequences of Caitlin Deaver's character just swimming under in the, oh, the underwater so sequences of coming of age genius. films are like slip away playing in the background and it's just her. The soundtrack of that movie is also oh, yeah. really yeah. good though. It's her just kind of getting the courage to ask out the girl that she really likes. It's her exploring, like, these... Mm-hmm. Just try becoming her own, and mm-hmm. then kind of the utter crash of everything. Yeah. I've totally felt that mm-hmm. before, and it was just this beautiful, fluid moment. I love Booksmart yeah. so much. It's... Yeah. I just I just felt so much of my personal friendships Same. in it that... Me too. <sighs> I just was able to like project myself into mm-hmm. it, mm-hmm. and it has a really awesome message of like, you, no, not everyone is who they yeah. you think they yeah. are. Yeah, like, because like there Molly is, is pretty. Guy. Yeah, there's no villain in this film. Like Molly, we under, but like Molly and Amy aren't necessarily these saints of people yeah. themselves. Yeah. They were definitely like they called some girl AAA. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's just. It's wonderful, it and is. I just love films that treat so, their characters with so much sympathy mm-hmm. and non are very non-judgmental. Mm-hmm. It's very similar to a that non-judgmental is very similar to a film yeah. that we're probably going to talk about later. But I yeah, feel like each character like somebody can latch onto. Like, yeah, each character feels like fluid and developed and, yeah. and complex and individualized. Yeah. It's yeah, and like, also yeah. No, it's just I was gonna personal anecdote. I was watching this with uh, my friend, like my high school friends, when mm-hmm. before one of them was leaving for oh. school this yeah. this oh, summer. Yeah. So that that hurt a little bit. But yeah, just what you were saying about being able to re- relate to the characters, like mm-hmm. everybody. We were sitting together and we would go, "Oh, that's so and so." And whenever Molly, like there were so many times that Molly would say something, and they were like, "Maddie, that is you." Yeah. <laughs> So they were so, so well-developed. Very impressive directorial debut yeah. by yeah. Olivia Wilde. So Very excited to see what Crazy, beautiful moments in this movie. Yes. Like, or just, like, so many scenes. Like, the costume party itself was just, like, insane. Yes. Yeah. The, the, the dance yeah. The dance with oh, Nick is really impressive. So oh, my gosh. That it's is amazing. so impressive. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. yeah. So good. If you want to hear more whole podcast we, just we do that. yeah for an you hour should and a half. link all of the podcasts to all the movies I'm pretty sure we've talked about so many of these yeah, yeah. remember but yeah Booksmart check it out it's what on DVD yeah, yeah. very interested yeah very interested to see what Olivia Wilde has next yeah, yeah. no it's a very high honorable mention for me that I forgot to list in my uh, in my review but it's just that reminder that no one is one dimensional yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I love that message about it mm-hmm. alright so back to since everyone's top or seven was with someone else's, someone else's one, yeah. Yeah, yeah, one or two um, we'll go to 
Oh, well, we were on eight, so now we're on seven. Yeah. Um, we're saving marriage story. And everyone's... Book smart. Book smart. Uncut gems. Okay, we've all talked... We've talked about everyone's seven, but we can just go around and... Well, except for yours, but we can go yeah. around and say what our seven... Your seven. So, Jim's seven is... Marriage story. Stephanie's seven is... Book smart. My seven is uncut gems, but are we going to talk about it now or later? Um, is it anywhere else on anybody's it's list? It's my five. Oh. Four, <laughs> three, yeah. Okay, so my seven is uncut gems Maddie your seven uh, mine seven is Jojo Rabbit Ryan seven is waves Joelle seven is the Irishman alright time right. to go to six so this six. is nine's out ooh yay yeah <laughs> <laughs> Is this not at anyone else's? This is um. This is my number five. It's your number so five. It's, okay, this it's is also yeah. my perfect. five. Six. Oh, awesome. perfect. This is very yeah, good. Perfect. Yeah, perfect. yeah perfect. very tough. Honorable mention. Honorable yeah. mention. Yeah. Yes. Um, I, has anyone seen Ryan Johnson's other films? I've seen all I've of his films. I've seen Brick. Star Wars I, I one. Finally yeah, thought, I've seen the second one. I've seen the second one. Yeah, yeah. I finally watched Brick, and this, Ryan Johnson does the... I don't want to say it, but subverting the genre. Yes. He yeah. does Clearly. it very yeah. no, well. That's his thing. That's yeah. his thing, that's and his thing. he does it really well, and we'll try and keep The Last Jedi talk to a minimum. Let's not talk about The Last Jedi. Let's just not bring it up. Yeah. Um, but, this is Knives Out. This is a very yeah, yeah. separate Knives out. entity. Yeah, yeah. He, he does this really well, and I'm excited to see him do, do more mm-hmm. after this, because also... All the performances in this are mm-hmm. everyone's fucking yeah. great. Yes. Like, yeah. Okay. yeah. Ana de Armas. Ana de Armas. Armas. Yes. So good. Uh, Daniel Fantastic. Craig. Daniel Craig and Chris Evans. Chris Evans. Yeah. Streaky, like Playboy type, very his sweaters. His sweaters. What a meme. Ana de Armas at the Golden Globes was like, I wore sweaters in that movie too. Why is nobody obsessed about me? Yeah. It's, on no. Jim, it's Jim's number six yes. and Stephanie's number five. five. So what do you think? Yeah, you Jim? go ahead. Oh, it's just I can't not bring up Last Jedi at least a tiny okay, bit. Go ahead. Because yeah. I love that and I've loved pretty much everything else that Ryan Johnson's done. And this yeah. is just like I think it's his most safe movie in a way, but not really? in a bad way at all. I think it's his most political film. It is his most political, but that doesn't mean like I think it's it's his most crowd pleasing for sure. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, it's definitely, it's got, like, an overt political message that I think mm-hmm. has a lot of really, really, really. smart undercurrents. Yes. yes. Because it's I think. very subtle and it's done well. I think when, when that truth is revealed and, like, what that means for that lead character and how everyone else reacts mm-hmm. to it, particularly, um. Can we, do we want to spoil it? Sure, we can. Okay, yeah. Anna de Armas gets the. Fortune. Fortune of mm-hmm. Christopher Plummer. Yes. Character. And um, Christopher Plummer's children are very pissed, pissed yes. because yeah. they were they thought they were getting the fortune, and yeah. so it's this very interesting uh, look into how we treat each other when something bad personally happens to you, right? Um, like conditional respect, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And it really, for me, I'm, it's not on my top ten, but it was an honorable mention. What's very interesting about this film, it really asks questions to yourself. Like, what would we be doing in this situation mm-hmm. if I had a parent who had a ton of money and they didn't give it to me, they gave it to someone else? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, what would I be doing? If we're, if you think it was unfair, why do you think it's unfair? Why, if you thought it was fair, why do you think it's fair? It's very trying to ask us, like... 
would we have that conditional respect mm-hmm. if it was us? I thought it was mm-hmm. done really well. The yeah, the subverted political themes is definitely a big high point of this movie. I think I really like the color scheme of the movie. Yeah. If that's any yeah. like 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 just even like the make the big poster of the cast mm-hmm. that, the, yeah. that you see yeah. like there's all these like everybody's got like a color a to them bold or, like, a, color yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I just really like that and then just the, the final ending shot. scene yep also yep. one of the best yes. ever and just like great acting and it was also funny too yes yeah, yeah. like yeah. I totally went in thinking that it was going to be like mystery murder on the Orient Express which was not a good whodunit film that one was like like very like terribly paced and stuff mm-hmm. but I was like totally blown away with how meticulous it was like detail mm-hmm. like was paid attention to yeah. for sure and again with the subversion of the genre yeah. telling you they who reveal the, it who's they, so serious yeah, yeah, I'm yeah, just yeah. like well what are they gonna do for the rest of the movie yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. oh man yeah, so many letting the audience in on what happened and then like what led to this happening yeah, and is dissecting just like all the social undercurrents. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, is just, it makes it phenomenal. It's accessible, no, it but also very socially conscious. Especially with Ana de Armas' character. She and, is and them. Latinx. She is she, yeah, undocumented. A, an undocumented immigrant. Yeah. Oh, I thought um, only her mom was. Or maybe her mom. I, I thought uh, it was only her mom oh, was. Well, she was just was, trying to protect yeah, her. Yeah. 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 Um, and they... There's in certain scenes where they they'll be like trying to treat her like part of the family. Uh-huh. We'll see a line like "Oh, come over here," but then uh-huh. we see the context of that line, and they're talking about like if she finds something offensive or something like that. Yeah, and they and, never get her yeah. um, country of origin correctly. Though. Yeah, that was yeah. so yeah. funny. Uh, yeah. Um, and yeah, very. And I I especially loved like uh, Catherine Langeford's character. I believe that's the mm, She's name. the one that's like, and it's who's really, like, she's like, she's like this liberal, uh, performatively liberal. woke character. Yeah. But then she's the first one to call her and say, they, "Please give up the will. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, please give up. You know what you earn from that." So mm-hmm. it's uh, it's just such a smart way of revealing like true character intentions and mm-hmm. um, and also it? kind of like viewing of like generational gaps situation yeah well. you mentioned that oh, I remember yeah the, I read a New Yorker or article, article. Yeah. I read a tweet, tweet about, about a New York, York article, article. Yeah. and then just kind of like the idea of like we worked hard for this but like they right. did yeah. but like yeah. a lot I of love older that. generations <laughs> think that they yeah. worked really really hard to get something and young people are not appreciative yeah, or even like the uh, disconnect between young people now with the conservative like cousin mm-hmm. in the bathroom yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, he has like no lines of dialogue he has this one line where he's like liberal snowflake like he says yeah. it very quietly yeah. under his breath but it's great yeah, <laughs> yeah. knives out accessible yet socially aware yes like, great yes. hilarious I love that final shot I can't mm-hmm. it's oh, yeah. my favorite yeah. final shot of the year yeah it's, it's so one of my perfect. plus with the, the mug the mug my, yeah. my, my house my, my coffee car, my, my rules, rules. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh so good all right. Yeah. So that's Jim's number six. That is yeah. my number six. Stephanie's awesome. number six is Waves. We, we talked, talked about, about, about that. Yeah. My yeah. number six is Ad Astro. We, we talked, talked about, about that. Yeah. Maddie's is Book Smart. We, we talked, talked about, about it. it. Ryan's is Nice Out. We just talked about it. And Joelle's is The Lighthouse, which we talked about. So we are done with our 10 through 6. Do we want to pee break, please? Oh, I was just going to say, do we want to end on just listing our 10 to 6? And then we'll call it a pod. Yeah. 
uh, let's recap our 10 through 6 to each person. My 10 through 6 was in order Hustlers, Ad Astra, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Marriage Story, and Knives Out. Let's go on. Uh, mine was Pain and Glory, Midsummer, Booksmart, Uncut Gems, and Ad Astra. Okay. Mine was The Irishman, Jojo Rabbit, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Booksmart, and Waves. Mine was Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, 1917, The Farewell, The Irishman, and The Lighthouse. Mine was Waves, Peanut Butter Falcon, Midsummer, Jojo Rabbit, Books, and Booksmart. And mine was The Irishman, The White House, Little Women, Waves, and Knives Out. Awesome. So this, is, this concludes part one of our Top 10 of 2019 podcast. You can catch us next week, concluding this list from 5 to 1. And as always, you can check out our Facebook at UW Film Club and our Instagram and Twitter at Film Club UW. And if you're listening to this podcast, you already know this, but you can find us on SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Play. And if you want to check written versions of some of our stuff, you can check out students.washington.edu slash film, where a lot of our writers have written their own top tens who are not on this podcast, but they've written their own. And you can catch some of ours are also on there. For a little more structured yeah. description yeah. of why we sure. like our films. <laughs> Pretty sure there's going to be a review for every film we've mentioned, yes. except for maybe like two of them. Yeah. Except for maybe a couple of the audible like, mentions. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, thank you guys so much for listening. We will catch you guys next week. Bye bye.